Hello out there and welcome to another episode of the Rocker Dog Podcast, the only podcast north of the equator that talks to musicians about their canine companions. I'm your host, Tim Dill, along with my freshly groomed boy, Charlie, and today we are excited to share a great conversation with Lindsay L., the award-winning, chart-topping country artist and celebrated TV host of Canada's Got Talent. She's just wrapping up a tour with Shania Twain, and this is her resilient rocker dog. My rocker dog is uh, is Hendrick. She, um, I rescued her at the end of 2021. She is a, a Pomchi, so Pomeranian Chihuahua, and of course, I had to name her after my guitar idol, Jimi Hendrix. And so I thought it was really cool for a girl dog to have, you know, a guy name and appropriately she's named Hendrix. <laughs> All right. That that answers one question. I was going to say Jimmy or Nona Hendrix. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely Jimmy. Well, that's very cool. And excuse me, I'll try to, I, I get my pronouns mixed up all the time with dogs. Sometimes I just always go with he, but You're I will so try funny. to keep, I'll try to keep Hendrix a she for this entire uh, duration. So tell me, what was the context around the dog? I mean, given it was the end of 2021, we're kind of just coming out of COVID or pretty much mostly out of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had read that you were reticent to get a dog in the first place because you were so busy. So it seems like you're just on the precipice of getting busy again. Mm-hmm. What was the impetus for, for getting Hendrix? Yeah, I think I was going through the thing that a lot of people were feeling in the pandemic that, um, you know, I, I lived alone and and after living in a house by myself, you know, not seeing another human being for over a hundred days. And, and a lot of my friends were, were adopting um, adopting dogs. And so I was reaching out to some shelters and, and in a great way, a lot of the shelters had no dogs here because they had all given them out to families and, and people who, who gave all the dogs a home. So it was, it was amazing, but I really wanted a dog and not, I not only wanted to foster, but I wanted to adopt one. I just reached that time where I was like, you know what? I am an artist and I do travel a lot, but it's that time I've been a dog person ever since I was a little girl. I've had dogs growing up and I, and I knew I always was going to get one. It was just a matter of time. And when I felt like I could take care of one, even when I'm on and off the road all the time. And so I I was really looking for a smaller dog. Uh, I knew that I would want to take them on the bus and have something that's like a little bit easy to, to take care of, especially with the band. And so I kept looking, I kept looking and I had always dreamed of having a Pomeranian when I was little, like we had Shelties growing up, but I would have my parents buy like Pomeranian calendars and all the things. I always just wanted a Pomeranian and Pomeranians can sometimes be hard to, to rescue because a lot of families lovingly. And so they should decide to keep Pomeranians. And so they can be somewhat hard sometimes to find, um, and so at that point I was like, you know what, I'm just going to wait. I will eventually find the right dog. And I was in touch with a few shelters, specifically one shelter from new Orleans called take pause rescue. And, um, the woman who runs that shelter knew that I wanted to find something small. She had a Palm ski, which was like a Pomeranian Husky come in and, and it was a beautiful dog, but it was a little bit too big. Cause of course right. Husky can get a little bit bigger. And, um, and I was like, man, it's just it's just too big. Um, but, but thank you. Like, let me know if you get anything smaller in. And at that point I, I had reached the point Tim. I I was just like, I I was looking for dogs morning and night. You know, I was like, I want to find, I want to find the right one. And after about three or four days of looking for dogs for eight hours a day, I, 
I was at the point of like, maybe this just isn't the right time. Maybe I should take the sign from the universe that this isn't the right time. And so I remember closing my laptop being like, all right, if, if there's a dog out there, like show them to me in the next a few hours. And if not, then I'm just going to like, let this rest. And no word of lie, the woman from the shelter in new Orleans texts me 10 minutes later <laughs> with a picture of Hendrick. And she was like, this cute little thing. She was six months at the time. So this like, she looks like a little tiny Fox in the field with her like little pink harness. And she was like, how about this little Fox? And I was like, Oh my gosh. That's perfect. <laughs> and so, um, she's like, she'll have all her shots. She'll be ready to pick up, be picked up next week. So I got in my car with my two bandmates at the time we drove down to new Orleans. Cause it was still like in the middle of COVID. So we drove like seven and a half hours down there, picked up a po' boy, a beignet, and a dog, and then turned around and came back home. How did you manage to wrestle your two bandmates to to take the trip with you? Especially a seven hour trip that's going to be fourteen hours both ways without much, you know, rest in between. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the wonderful thing about having a, a band is they do become like your road family, and I just felt so loved and supported, and they knew the whole story of me wanting to find a dog. And if anything, it was also going to be kind of their dog because on the bus, it's like we're all one happy family. And so they they were like, you're not going to drive down to New Orleans by yourself. We're coming with you. And so they just all hopped in, which was which is so kind of them. That's great. Can we give them a shout out? It's Eric. Yeah, Eric Fortaleza and Austin Goodlow. They are still like such dear, dear friends of, of mine. And, and, uh, yeah, they're just such great humans and Hendrix loves them so much. <laughs> now it's funny that you had to go, you had to catch cast such a wide net in terms of, you know, location, you know, were you ever hesitant to, you know, again, that's a seven hour drive. Were you ever hesitant to cast that wide net? No, if anything, I, I cast a, a wider net than that. You know, I was looking at dogs in Los Angeles and in various places of, of the States, um, even some in Canada. And, and I, I just knew that like, I, I'm living a lot of decisions in my life right now with like, when your gut instinct tells you something you should trust it. And so I knew when like that right dog came along that I was just going to know. And if I had to get on a plane and pick it up and fly it home, or, you know, I could get in a car and drive, I, I wasn't going to let anything stop me, you know? Okay. I want to ask two questions, I guess. What were the first few days like, but what was the actual seven hour, first seven hour drive like with the dog? The first seven hours, she was just so sweet. Like the minute I picked her up, I was like, how could somebody abandon this sweet, sweet dog? Like she was just so sweet. She slept. She was six months at the time. So she, I was told she was pretty well potty trained. Right. Um, so, you know, most of the drive was, was pretty easy and, and she, you know, slept in her little donut in the car. And then, and then the first few days in town, it was, it was for sure still like having a puppy, but, um, but she was pretty well potty trained and like any time a dog comes to a brand new house for the first day, there's just a lot to take in. And so I was, I was trying to just be like really kind and helping her feel at home and, and gave her a bath, which she was not really a fan of, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, she made herself at home very, very quickly. And this is your first dog that you personally own and are fully responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, I'm also at this point in my life where, you know, most of my friends are getting married and having kids and doing all of these life things. And, um, I will say having a dog is I'm sure all my 
friends who have kids. And of course you have kids. So you can tell me that it's nothing like having kids, but I will (laughs) say it feels like the crash course to getting to that position, you know, of where you're responsible for another living thing. And you all of a sudden can't go and just leave the house all day and and not tend to, you know, feeding and keeping something alive. (laughs) Yeah. What was the steepest learning curve for you being on your own with the dog? Was there anything that was challenging that you didn't expect? Yeah, great question. I think that um, just scheduling wise was probably the biggest change because I'm I'm such a workaholic and I love to, you know, just go off and, and work 24 seven. And so now having a reason to uh, come home so I could let her out and and make sure that she's always fed or whenever I'm not on the bus, whenever I fly, you know, overseas, I do a lot of international work and now getting someone to take care of her, it, it just made me really intentional of making sure that she's really well taken care of. And I will say that like also having a dog has been the most beautiful change of, of establishing a little bit more routine in life. Mm -hmm. So you wake up and you feed them and you take them for a walk and you, you do things. And even having that space, like going for a walk every morning, I would have never made the time to do that, but it's just such a beautiful addition to my life. And like almost a very meditative practice, you know, that I'm so grateful for her in doing that. It's like a really, really good positive aspect of routine. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, giving her to someone you trust, who, who is that person that you have to trust with her when, you know, when you can't take her on tour, when you can't take her for whatever purpose you're traveling? Yeah, I have, um, I have a, a dear friend, uh, also my assistant. Um, I, I sort of have a community around me that um, that all love Hendrix so much and, and that very much so take care of her whenever whenever I'm not here. And what's the longest you guys have been away from each other? Great question. Um, the longest I've been away from her is five weeks. I was doing a stint in Europe. I flew to Canada, did some shows, and then came home. And um, yeah, it was probably the longest I went without without being around her. And it was so hard, but, um, I actually found this farm South of Nashville that, um, that was for a bunch of dogs. And it's also sort of like a training camp. And so I would always joke to her, like, Hendricks, you're going to summer camp for a month. And, um, but she loved it. She could just run in a field and be happy and, and socialize with other dogs, which was something that she didn't do a lot in, in COVID. And so it was, it was a wonderful experience. If anything, she, she probably would want to go back tomorrow. <laughs> it's why that you said, whenever I hear farms and dogs, I always feel like the dogs are going to be like, take your time, you know, wherever yeah, you come by. You know, exactly. I'm, I'm good here. I'm good here. <laughs> Now, you mentioned training. In terms of training, I know you posted something about that you wanted to train her because you did plan on taking her on tour and you wanted her, obviously, to behave. So how how was that experience? Training her as a puppy just after I got her was one of the best decisions I ever could have made. You know, I, I feel like having a really well-trained dog changes the complete experience of having a dog in your life. And it's little, it's the little things. It's, you know, the way you walk them and the fact that you don't let them walk like too far ahead of you, but they like walk right next to you. And even, I mean, when I first got her, I wanted to sleep in the bed with her and I wanted her to sleep right next to me and my trainer. And at that point she was about 11 months old by the time I I hired a trainer. And she said, Lindsay, this is, this is not good for, for school. Cause, cause dogs are pack animals. And when they sleep with the leader of the pack, they think they're equal to the leader of the pack. 
Okay. So when they sleep separate from the leader of the pack, they know that you're in control. And so if they're sleeping in your bed all the time, they pretty much think it's their house too. And they're like, I'm not going to listen to you because this is, this is my house. This is my place. And it was insane. The first night I had her sleep in her crate, I took her out and she listened to me differently. Like it was wild. What a night and day difference I felt, you know, from doing like the littlest of changes and, and just the temper, her temperament has changed so much. And now she loves her crate. I mean, she sleeps in there every night and absolutely loves it. Is she, was she resistant to it at all in the beginning? Like, did you have to, you know, when you talk, when you talk about, you know, the children equivalents, like when you let your child cry it out (laughs) to go into bed. Yeah, very much so for the first, for the first few nights, you know, you put her in there and she, uh, she wants to be with you. So she was like, like she would whimper, but, but that honestly stopped like three or four days in. And she, you know, you put like a really nice blanket in there and then she just feels safe. Um, it, yeah, she'll, she'll just go in there by her choice anytime when, you know, it's storming or if we have like a delivery man at the house or something that's really loud, like she'll run into her crate just because she feels safe in there. The other thing that the trainer that really helped is there's, um, these sites on YouTube that if you type in pet sounds for crates or something, and they basically is just like a four hour file of people knocking and planes flying ambient noise, just ambient noise. So that your dog can get used to hearing things while in the crate and doesn't freak out as much. And so I would, I would leave for like one or two hours sometimes and just put her in the crate and then put on that YouTube file so that she was just used to hearing noises, not saying she doesn't bark crazy when somebody knocks on the door. She totally does. And in a way you want your dog to do that, you know, so you know, somebody's at the door, but, um, but yeah, crate training her changed changed our lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta I gotta revisit that. <laughs> so I, I often on Instagram I'll look through you know the photos and there's usually something that'll tip me off like a, a cast or a cone that indicates some sort of vet visit or drama. But in your case, you had the cast on. <laughs> yeah. So what exactly happened or tell us what happened? I kind of, I, I read enough to where I kind of got the gist, but I'm curious to hear what happened and also the timing of it. Was it literally one of the first tours you started to do when COVID opened up? Yeah, it was our first bus run after shows opened. It was the start of summer festival season. So we're just about to like be gearing up to go out on the road and do a bunch of shows. And it was my first time taking Hendrix on the bus. So I was so excited about it and the band was so excited and the show went great and we were headed back into town to Nashville and our bus call is in a grocery store parking lot. And so we pull into the grocery store parking lot. This was 9am on a Saturday morning. So the grocery store parking lot is pretty busy and um, the bus stops. And for whatever reason, I'm packing up and packing up. And I didn't know that we were opening the front door of the bus and my production manager had just opened it and left it open. And of course, what does Hendrix do? But she sees an open door. And so she runs. And then I noticed that the door's open and I was like, oh my goodness. And so I run after her. And here I'm like, my dog is running around a grocery store parking lot at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Like, oh my goodness, she's going to get hit. And so I go running after her in socks because I'm on the bus. <laughs> and I jump from like the top step of the bus to the pavement, which was probably about... I don't know, a five foot drop. 
Yeah. In socks. I don't know my shoes on. And I just landed funny. You know, you, you, I didn't brace my, my landing right in socks without any shoes. And, um, and I broke my fifth metatarsal bone in my foot. And so I'm like limping there. And of course she had run right out to my production manager. She was fine. She was just like <laughs> panting and happy as ever. And I was limping away. And so I ended up being in a boot for a couple months. while wow. It was the start of summer festival season. I had like a a scooter that I would use on stage. I would like scoot down the catwalk and scoot back and play my show and scoot all around. I actually played the CMT awards with lady a and was in a boot and I like bedazzled my boot for the red carpet. <laughs> it was just, it was the whole thing. And, and yeah, Hendrix ended up being fine. And I was, was in repair for a few months. Now, was it making lemonade out of lemons? Because did it show you as this resilient, you know, singer and, you know, nothing's going to stop you. And, you know, it does give you something to talk about and some stopping power. Is it, you know, in, in that silver lining kind of way, was it kind of a blessing? Yeah. I, I look at all pain and challenges that we go through in life as blessings. You know, I, I feel like what doesn't kill us truly makes us stronger. And, um, and, and yeah, it was, it was challenging, no doubt, but it was, it was also so rewarding to see like what you can accomplish when, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And, and if anything, it was quite the story to be able to tell and to do, you know, an award show with the whole getup, um, you know, everybody just smiled because of course they were like, of course, Lindsay does this and she doesn't let anything stop her. And so um, I definitely saw the blessing in disguise for sure. That's great. And I saw the photos where, or the videos where you are walking the dog. Did you, I hope you passed off some of those chores. Oh my gosh. During that week, I had the best friends, the best friends who would come to the house and walk her and make sure she's fed. You know, when you're on crutches and trying to get up the stairs with a glass of water, it's a challenge, let alone having to, you know, make sure your dog has everything they need and gets to go on walks and gets to fed, gets to be fed and gets to go outside. And so, yeah, I was surrounded by so, so much love. I, I even had friends who had like a schedule to come over and, and walk completely out of their own will, um, and walk her. So yeah, I was, I was very, very grateful. That's great. Now, moving on to the same topic, uh, there was a post where you, you mentioned that Hendrix had a concussion and a seizure. Yeah. So yeah. what's, what's going on with that? Yeah, it was, um, uh, we had dropped her off at, at friends of ours for a, a weekend. I, I had flown away and, and coming back home, she, they thought she had ate something weird. She was just out of it. And so we were going to bring her to the bed and, um, she ended up, uh, falling down the stairs, like a, a short staircase. So like a, a set of three stairs, she like ran around the corner and just fell down the stairs and hit her head on a piece of metal essentially and knocked herself out. Oh my gosh. And I was still out of town at that point. And so, uh, my boyfriend calls and he's like, Oh my goodness, I'm taking her to the vet. Like this just happened. And so we didn't really know what was going on. And the vet came out hours later and was like, look, we've seen much worse cases of, you know, dogs, falling or hitting their heads on things. And they're like, Hendrix is going to be fine. Um, she's just, you know, experienced a, a pretty good concussion and it'll just be really important. Like no stairs, she's got to rest, whatever. So a couple of days later I'm home and I'm taking care of her and 
we were totally resting and, um, and she had gotten into the mud. And so I gave her a bath and I didn't even necessarily think about having a bath, but she was just like shaking when she was got out of the bath and she had a concussion or she had a seizure in my arms. And it was one of the scariest things that I've for sure ever witnessed with a dog, but to, to see a creature suffering right. like that in your arms and you know, her arms were like straight out and she was making these crazy noises and, and really there's nothing you can do while a dog is seizing. Well, even while a human is seizing, you know, you just make sure that they're not going to hurt themselves. You make sure they don't hit their head on anything. And so after that, um, we brought her into the vet and they said, you know, this is, this is just probably side effects of the concussion. And so they put her on an anticonvulsant and then the next um, six months were quite a journey of, you know, making sure she didn't do a lot of stairs and, and, you know, we were giving her meds like three times a day at one point. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, it was for sure a journey, but now she is totally healed up. She's on no meds whatsoever. She's living her best life. And so, yeah, it was, it was a scary time for sure, but it's, it's, it's good confirmation that, you know, the human body, just as a, a dog's little body is, is very powerful. And resilient. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Was she good taking her meds? I know that's another story I, I have to share. My dog would, you'd pack it with peanut butter or whatever the food yeah. packets, and then you'd see the pill later on, you know, somewhere random on the couch or something. I know we did try all of the things, you know, we'd put it in her food and then she'd eat all of her food except the pill. <laughs> Um, but, but we, we learned pretty quickly that peanut butter was our, was our winning feat yeah. and, and pathway. And so then she just loved it. You know, she just got into the routine of like, okay, it's time for my peanut butter. And, <laughs> you know, she would just eat the peanut butter and it's kind of hard to separate the pill from, from that anyways. So yeah. yeah, she, she loved getting medication actually. Now, did she share your, uh, Opry debut? Was she there for that? She was not there for my debut. I debuted at the Opry like back in 2014, but, okay. um, but Hendrix has been to the Opry. Um, a, a lot of people at the Opry were wanting me to bring my dog with me. Cause I don't know if dogs are always allowed backstage, but, um, but yeah, she did have her Opry debut. Um, I think it was like the end of last year, maybe, maybe it was. Yeah. 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 It was sometime last year. And uh, she had the time of her life. Of course, everybody was loving on her and she got to walk into the circle and take a picture. And it's it's just it's amazing what dogs can do to really bring people together. You know, the minute a dog walks into a room, it sort of takes all stresses and, yeah. and everybody can kind of relax and and just realize that we're all human beings, you know, who love a cute dog. <laughs> I preach that all the time. It's just such a great way to to break the tension anywhere if, mm -hmm. if you're a dog person and that brings me to you know i know there's a studio dog named monroe there's a funny picture and he looks like a big or he or she was a big what are they like a marmaduke um is that is, is that what you're getting at like when in your travels before you had a dog whether it's on tour or in a studio was a dog just a welcome sight to be like something mm -hmm. that take my mind off of everything else that's going on and just you know pet a dog always you know the the touring industry is is so difficult at times you know traveling and touring is amazing but it's very unglamorous and it's hard you know we're up crazy hours and working crazy hours and so having a dog on the road or having a dog around environments like the studio 
is so important and and such a wonderful asset to again just like take tensions down bring stress levels down i mean you hear emotional support animals and i it's no no question why that's a thing because it is it is a a sheer dopamine hit like it is a chemical change in your brain when you pet a dog yeah <laughs> you know there's been studies on this and so if that's like a healthy dopamine hit of having a dog around then um, when you're in a, a hugely creative environment or you're dealing with a lot of a lot of different people and a lot of different tensions and emotions, um, I think it's an amazing benefit to have a dog around. Yeah, when I was in the studio with Jay Joyce, he had his two great Danes who would always walk around the <laughs> studio. And and I mean, a great Dane is no small feat, but they were the sweetest. Like when I was there pl- recording guitar solos, they would just come up and like stuff their nose in your face. And it just, being around dogs always makes a human feel better. Yeah. No, amen to that. (laughs) Now, since you've, you're really good with posting and sharing stuff and Hendrix has her own Instagram page. Do you find it more and more common that fans ask about her, you know, especially in person, if people meet you for the first time in person, do do they bring her up? Oh, for sure. I I know that a lot of people just hang out with me because of Hendrix now. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, it's nice to see you, Lindsay, but is Hendrix here? Um, Or whenever we're on the road, fans are like, is Hendrix backstage? Can you bring her out? And so, yeah, she definitely has become the the most important part of my life for all of my friends, (laughs) but I'm, I'm here for that. I I get it too. and, And they know, you know, we're a package deal and we come together. So yeah, it's been, it's been really nice to, to see her, you know, take on that identity. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, I wrap up every show with what I call the zoomies and that's five quick questions. So I love, I love the zoomies. Let's go there. Uh, the first question is, do you kiss Hendrix on the mouth? <laughs> no, I've seen people do that with their dogs. I've seen even people do it with their kids and sometimes it grosses me out. So no, I kiss her all over her fur, her head, but I do not give her a kiss on the mouth. She loves to French kiss me sometimes and sometimes she'll like <laughs> sneak attack. But I don't intentionally go there, no. Okay. Interesting. I would have, I, I almost thought I had that answer just from some photos I've seen, but maybe I didn't see the actual uh, <laughs> I get actual close, mouth. but not quite there myself. <laughs> okay. Given your industry and that she's been out on tour, uh, has she licked anyone, I, I say famous, has she looked, licked any fellow musicians that are well-known or celebrities? Great question. Yes, absolutely. I mean, backstage at festivals, you know, she's she's definitely met lots of my artist friends and she's a very, very friendly dog. So, you know, I, I think she's licked. <laughs> That's such a weird way to put that, it. That, that but, might um, be my think, sound bite for uh, advertising this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's licked a lot of famous people. <laughs> <laughs> Any shameless name dropping? That's what I'm looking for. But oh, I respect, I respectfully, you know, if, if, if you don't, Goodness. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think in the past year who, um, she would have, I mean, when we were on tour with Blake Shelton, she, and, and Gwen Stefani, she, she definitely, um, would have licked both of them. <laughs> oh, hey, they, they don't get any bigger than that. Yeah. Any, anywhere from Blake Shelton to Jimmy Allen. <laughs> She's, uh, licked, licked them all. <laughs> all right. Good, good. Just what I'm looking for. Thank you. Question three is on tour. What would she insist be on your tour rider? Oh my gosh, if Hendrix could write my tour writer, I think she would request a lot of peanut butter, apples. Uh, she loves peanut butter. Is she specific on brands? I'll say it again, peanut butter and peanut butter. <laughs> um, 
She she's not specific on brands. I'm kind of a health freak, so I get like all natural peanut butter. So maybe I've made her into like a little bit of a diva. But yeah, a lot of that. She also loves like plush things. I, I make her sound like such a diva, but um, you know, we we have like lots of these like plush donuts. All right. And um anything that is that is like fluffy or soft, she loves. So if she could write her to a writer, I think she would she would have, yeah, lots of fluffy pillows, rugs, fresh loads of laundry that just come out of the the dryer <laughs> that are like nice and warm, just like nicely placed around the room. That would be on her rider. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. You got to work. Yeah. You, know, you got to give her a shot to, uh, you know, add that in sometime. <laughs> yeah, totally. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Question four is kind of two parts or we can look at it two different ways. Do you have a dog voice that you speak to her in? Or the other way is, do you give her a dog voice to speak her thoughts out loud? That's so funny. Um, her nickname in our household is the baby fox because she looks like a tiny fox. And so um, we kind of have a song <laughs> that we sing <laughs> when we come home or we're looking for her. And it's like, baby fox, baby fox, baby fox, baby fox. And so I guess that's kind of like a baby voice. Yeah. But yeah, she has her own theme song. I love it. It's funny. I just changed out that qu- that question used to be, does your dog have a theme song? Oh, yeah. And it wasn't getting, an- people were kind of stumbling on the answer and like, gosh, I didn't, you know, they didn't have time to think about it. So I changed it to, or actually, I'm sorry, I changed, that was a tour writer one. But anyways, I'm confusing That's myself. Awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. She she definitely has her own theme song for sure. Okay. Question five is, is there a dog organization service? It could be a, a shelter, a walker, a groomer, anyone you'd like to give a shout out to for doing good by our dogs? Yes. Take Paws Rescue in New Orleans, where I found Hendrix. They just do such a wonderful job at finding um, so many homes for dogs, even outside of Louisiana. I mean, we're not in Louisiana and they just do their outreach is amazing. And so definitely giving them a huge shout out. There are also so many incredible shelters in the state of Tennessee. And I will just say adopt, don't shop. I mean, there's so many amazing dogs that are just looking for good homes, you know? Yeah. Amen to that. I uh, I volunteer at our shelter and uh, it's full. It's full this week. And I know this this yeah. will post a month from now, but uh, it's it's always full. And it's always nice to get the word out for people to get out and either do a staycation or a foster if you can't adapt. So yeah. a lot you can do. And, it's so amazing. My, um, my day-to-day, they uh, adopted a dog who has a lot of like pancreas issues. And so they need to like wake up at five in the morning and put enzymes in its food and feed it three times a day. Like it, it's a very um, challenging dog to to house, but also bringing this dog into their life has just like brought so much love and joy and has, and it's just amazing what animals do to your life, you know, yeah. in like the best, best ways. For sure. I hear you. Now is uh, anything you want to promote um, going into uh, the second part of the summer? Yeah, we're so excited. I know the summer is just kicking off. Um, it's it's amazing. You know, we've been on tour with Shania Twain these past few weeks, which has just been wild. We have a few more shows with Shania, as well as I'm in the studio hard working on new music. So I'll have some new music out in a few months um, with an album to follow early next year. And um, just just come check my website and, and catch us on the road. All right. We'll keep an eye out for you. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing Hendrix with us. It was great to hear the stories. And I was very interested to hear the, uh, you know, the broken foot story and it's <laughs> in its full glory. So I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much for having us. My pleasure. 
right. Thank you, Lindsay L., for coming on the show and sharing your dog, Hendrix, with us. The dog organization Lindsay chose to put a spotlight on was Take Paws Rescue, whose mission is to meet the moral obligation to protect and save the lives of pets in need of rescue in Louisiana by pulling pets from shelters and preparing them for transport to fosters, adopters, rescue organizations, and other shelters around the U.S. in need of adoptable pets. To adopt, foster, or volunteer, go to TakePawsRescue.org to learn more. And that's PAWS as in P-A-W-S. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the show. If you like what you hear, please help us spread the word to other dog and music-loving people. To see all of our guests of the show and their dogs, visit our Instagram feed at Podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode, such as the one we have coming up next week with the artist our previous guest, Eric D. Johnson of Fruit Bats, suggested we have on, so don't miss it. All right, it's time to step away from the mic and pet my dog. We'll see you next week. <laughs>